<sighs> what? I'm speechless. Let me just say hi first. <laughs> hey, Maisha. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited about you know this episode. This is like whenever I think about this type of episodes, they come in like little sprays. You know, they don't. It's not back to back, but when they happen, people are like, okay, another one. So this time around, it's coming from you, and I know you're gonna bring so much value because your experience and thoughts go wild. And some people need to catch up. <laughs> no, uh, wait, am I calling you Flavor? Okay, you can call me Flavor for today. <laughs> no, uh, no, is it fl- Favor? Favor. It is. Now, I, I realized I didn't ask you what to call you during this. It's okay. It's okay. You see, that's the beauty of it. You know, when people see Favor, they're like, no, it's Flavor. And I'm like, no, there's no L in there, but I'll take it. So they're like, so they used to sing like, oh, what's your flavor, Craig David? And I'm like, stop, like, no. <laughs> I'm here, I'm thinking flavor, flavor, but I just dated myself. But favor, yes. favor, I remember that. Favor, yes. Thank you so much for joining the We Don't Play podcast show today. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm definitely. Excited. Of course, of course. You know, I would love people to know more about you. Just give us a backstory. Tell them how you even got to this point you're in. You know, what has been happening. There's some things you may have never told anyone. So this podcast is like exclusive only. So feel free to let us know what's up. <laughs> ah, I have been telling a little bit more of my story lately, ironically. Um, so my name is Maisha and I am known as the Sensual Energy Alchemist. And I'm a teacher of feminine energetics and sacred sexuality for women who are ready to Uh, be sovereign and embody their sensual feminine energy. And I came into this work because I was someone who wasn't sovereign and who, um, I embodied my sensual feminine energy, but it was not in a healthy, it wasn't in a healthy way. And uh, going through an experience of uh, a marriage that was very unhealthy, I, I, after I got out of it and looking back at it, I could see my my piece of it, my responsibility in it, and what led me there. And, and so I decided, I decided, and I went on my own healing journey to work through and unravel those pieces. And along the way, um, it just it was it was like this is something that needs to be. This is something that that needs to come to the to the world um and so here that's the short version of it so here i am wow you know just hearing this i'm already thinking off the top of my mind i was thinking okay when people meet you know they meet for a reason and there's something that they're meeting for and sometimes when people meet they grow together or they grow apart now could you tell us a little bit about that when it comes to growing together and growing apart and what are the things in between that can make those things happen? Yeah, so I think that all relationships are a classroom of sorts. Some are are meant to stay together. Some are, are really meant to be for a season. And I think when we get rid of the idea of happily ever after, then we're able to figure out which which is which and what, and what is it that we're in. Um, so people... Well, most people attract someone to them to show them where they need to heal, 
to help them heal. Most of us have not been through relationship training of any kind. We don't know what it is to be in a healthy relationship. So we attract what we're accustomed to, even if we don't realize it. We don't attract what we want, we attract who we are. And your relationship will show you who you think you are based on how this person treats you. They're a mirror for you, a reflection of you and vice versa. And there are people who can look at that mirror and say, oh, wow, you know, there's a connection between our souls. Let's work on cleaning this. And there are people who will see that mirror and it's, oh, this doesn't work at all. This is not meant to be. But thank you for showing me the spaces that I need to grow. And I think it's important for us to be able to tell the difference. Yeah, that's a major thing. Because one thing that points out to me is love language. And... We don't talk about it much when it comes to relationships and you know someone can be spending gucci bags and louis vuittons but all they want is quality time all they want is acts of service so how does someone get into that type of conversation and lets that person feel comfortable without being territorial uh just ask yeah people just need to start having conversations and here's the thing about love languages and i think love languages are a beautiful thing i was having a conversation with a few friends of mine we we flow in the in the tantric and sacred sexuality circles and we were wondering are love languages genuine or are they a form of trauma so for instance if i grow up in a home and i'm just going to use opposite sex here because that's my that's my lane if i grew up in a home where uh, my father is 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 not there or was there but left for any any reason it could have been death could have been divorced could have been whatever and i get into a relationship with someone and i'm like well my love language is quality time is it quality time because it is or is it quality time because that's what i was missing Mm. right from from my relationship with my father and i think that that's important to know as well our love languages could be actually who we are but our love languages can also show us where we felt like we were lacking something and where we're looking for our mate to make up for it Mm -hmm. because it isn't their job to make up for what we didn't get it's it's just our job to to learn how to heal from that. And and really the conversations need to happen in the very beginning when you talk about, you know, uh, tell me about your um, your past relationships, you know, not all of the details, right? We don't need all of that, but um, why do you think your last relationship ended? Uh, what did you learn from your last relationship? You can start with questions like that, right? Have you ever heard of love languages? What do you think yours is? Hey, would you like to take this quiz with me? Um, but just uh, that conversation needs to be held earlier on so that people get a feel for who it is that they are or dating or trying to match with. Great point. Because what I started thinking about is, you know, once the love language is taken care of and we know, okay, it's acts of service, it's you know, just making sure you're there, quality time, it could be gifts, you know, and the list goes on. The next question that people get to is like, they start from base one or first base. They ask all those good questions. What's your color? What was your relationship like? How do you deal with emotions? Are you an angry person? Are you a calm person? Do you throw things? You know, you start to get those questions (laughs) answered. And then the second layer now gets to the sex part of the questions and the sexual questions are being asked. Do you like this? Do you don't like this? And sometimes 
it's either they don't know it or they've never tried it most times but the thing is when they don't try they kind of stay back so opening up that sexual world you know to your partner is also very important because i'm thinking about all the kinks that you could be having but if the person didn't know that they had them in them how will they know sometimes some people have to get intoxicated some people have to just <laughs> feel out of this world of being that happy dopamine effect but how do how does someone get to that point of conversation where it doesn't feel awkward or even weird if it feels awkward or weird a person's not ready oh i mean as adults as grown adults if 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 conversations around relationships and sex feel awkward or, or weird that that person's just not ready to 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 engage and they need to spend a little bit more time getting comfortable with themselves and who they are and what they truly want and desire before they have that before they have that conversation i'm trying to imagine a scenario and i can't for me at this stage imagine and i know that people do it which is why i see people aren't ready they think they're ready but they're not you know if you if it if you're with somebody for a year and there are still sexual things you don't no, not because they don't know, but because it's like, well, we never had that conversation. And my question is, why not? Mm. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know. But now here you are, you know, trying to figure something out or, you know, uh, he doesn't, like, you know, he doesn't go down on, on me or she doesn't go down on me. And it's like, well, did you have that conversation in the beginning? And why are you three, four months in? Were you hoping that somehow would pop up or they changed their mind or you... No, these are questions you need to ask because there are some people who genuinely that's not something that they're going to do and now you're trying you're disappointed and you know feel like you've wasted your time but you never asked the question these are important things to ask and if someone's not ready to ask the questions they're not ready to to engage seriously with someone mm, i think that's a major point you mentioned there they're not ready but some people think they are because of peer pressure um, some people sure. say they're ready because oh it's porn or what, this is easy you know some people don't even touch those things or even near them because they're like oh it actually has a, an effect on my mind you know what are your thoughts on that because some people use it in the act some people don't want to use it at all some people think it's a spiritual drainage there's so much going on with that word so how do you see that when it pertains to experience and also quality of performance too how do I see porn? Yeah. Um, so most porn is trash. There, there, is, there are some great adult entertainers out there. Uh, Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir are two of them. They have their own company. I forget the name of it, but um, they have their own company. They create some some pretty damn good um, movies and, and adult entertainment movies. Uh, there's instructional type porn, right? Which is, you know, the, the word porn is so salacious. It's so nasty, but there are instructional videos that I think are really helpful. But most of what people are looking for when they go to XX to TubeX or whatever, or Pornhub and all that, that's, that's, it's trash. It's, it's fake. It's not, there's nothing about it that's real. Or some of the videos aren't even necessarily consensual. Uh, you don't know if people are consenting or not in some of the amateur videos. 
these are are you know folks who are just you know somebody looking to just make a name for themselves by by doing activities and uploading videos most of it is not something that anybody should really be watching porn itself is not a bad thing pornography in and of itself is not a bad thing it can be used as a great tool to explore and to learn and to say oh maybe i like this or maybe i like that but when you're just picking like the like the random do y'all curse on here go ahead yes we do. okay when you just pick in the the random shit that just pops up like if it's free it's trash if, if you for quality stuff you, you you're gonna need to pay for it but if you're getting that that free shit that no i i'm not i'm personally not a fan of that for for men or women it gives men a false idea especially young men who are watching porn and haven't even had sex yet it gives them a false idea of what a woman's body looks like mm -hmm. uh what to expect during sex what's supposed to happen and it gives women a false idea of what their bodies are supposed to look like and what they're supposed to do and what's supposed to happen during sex because those sounds are the fakest thing ever these women who are having sex are not we're not doing that <laughs> we didn't come no. here for that <laughs> yeah no it's no no and then people think that they're doing something wrong and they get very insecure right no. It takes away the imagination in many ways where you can you can kind of figure out what you're doing. Uh, porn tells you what's supposed to be happening and it's fake. What if you create your own movie? Oh, that's great. I think that's amazing. I think couples who have agreed to record themselves absolutely that's wonderful one should not just be doing that with randos you know you never know where those videos are going to end up so if you're just dating someone or just y'all just fucking around that's not really the person to be recording things with you don't you just don't know where it's gonna go and that's for men and women women think it's men women will upload shit too um so i'm not a fan of that but if you are a couple that's in a relationship and you want to create your own movies please do that's amazing yeah, I think so too. Some people don't feel like they're comfortable with it. Even couples. I feel like some couples are like, mm -mm, I've never done this before, so why am I doing it now in my marriage? Why am I doing it now in my relationship? Because they already have this preconceived notions that one day it may leak. You know, just like how we saw yes. some leaks. You know, leaks happen, but you it's a, yeah. a two-way street. But some people are like, nah, I'd rather not even do it. Or we can do it, watch it, and delete it. However you want to do it, it's up to you. But some people just yeah. don't even near that button. <laughs> however, you, however you want to do it. You want to do it, watch it, and delete it. That sounds fine. You want to do it, upload it to your Dropbox. That's fine. You want to, you want to do it, and you decide as a couple. You want to upload it to Pornhub. I, yeah, hey, you know, have that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think it's great for couples to see themselves on video. I think that's or, or pictures exactly i think so too now coming into relationships let's say one of the people in the relationships are busy and the guy is always trying to get a nut for example but he can't because she's too busy or vice versa and let's say the girl too doesn't like toys so she can't really do much apart from using her you know fingers so how do you help somebody in that kind of position to think about pleasing themselves and not worrying about the person that they're with because they're busy sometimes they're like oh i have to do this because you're not here so if you're not here i just have to release but it's also kind of like okay 
people say internet says that if you do that you kind of lose the sensual touch from the relationship so what are your thoughts on that no everyone no masturbation is is extremely healthy you don't it take it does not take away from your relationship at mm. all to for it does not take away from your relationship at all if people have difficulty masturbating that's often due to religious constraints religious ideas um body shame and those are deeper issues and that means that's probably just affecting sex as a whole not just masturbation but a masturbation is very healthy self-pleasure it's very healthy i would say so too some people in the chat they'll be like huh is it is it not maybe okay i'll try it and then they try it and they're like okay this is fun and then it becomes something that they do maybe every day some people like in the morning some like it at night some like a quickie in between some don't even like quickies at all so it's like there's no silver lining honestly just from what i'm trying to say everybody has their own kinks and pleasures but you also have to know how to tap that in and sometimes people don't say much until a year in the relationship two years you'd be like i didn't know you like going to the nude beach or i didn't know you like going for swinging or i didn't know you like you know lights off or lights on you, people don't know these things until they ask but sometimes the questions are not even available to ask that's something i've come to understand too so yeah i don't know if that's something that you've noticed in your past in your history you know with relationships or people you've talked to does that happen quite often or no where people are where people that, are that's the question they're not really exploring because they don't know what to explore Oh, uh, I mean, yes, there are a lot of people out there like that. And that's where conversation comes in and just and, and talking about it or researching it or saying, you know, I heard about uh, BDSM, you know, do you want to explore what it is? All of this, all of this begins with conversation. That's the, the communication is the biggest piece in a relationship. That's the reason why relationships fall apart, not because of money, not because of lack of sex. It's because of the lack of communication and actually talking to each other about the things that come up, issues, fantasies, what you like, what you don't like, how you're actually feeling and being vulnerable. So if there's something someone is interested in, that's a good time to, yes, have some conversation and say, hey, I had this this crazy thought, you know, do you want to hear about it? You know, and maybe we can look into this together. Mm, exactly. If you could tell us a little bit about bedroom conversations and bedroom communication, what are the best ways to start that conversation? Because those kind of talks lead you somewhere, like massages and all that kind of stuff. It's it's already after sex. After okay, so if after sex. Some people don't know what to say. Some people go to sleep. <laughs> I'm talking about some people that you know you That's hear. Fine. But how do you have a conversation in your sleep? <laughs> Right. And that's fine. If people go to sleep after sex, that's perfectly fine. But if you if there's some type of opening you want to have, sometimes after sex is the best time. Both people are open. Mm -hmm. You know, they're very relaxed. They're receptive. So that's a good time to, you know, to say, hey, you know, I had this thought about something. Do you, do you think you might want to try it? That's a good time. Um, before sex is a good time to have a conversation about what you liked about your last session together, what you'd like to explore in this session. You know, what it, because sex is supposed to be play, it's fun. So, you know, what do you think you'd like to do? Um, uh, do you want more of whatever it is we did last time? Do you want less of whatever we did last time? That's a, Those are good conversations to have beforehand. And then after, same thing. What did you like about... Um, 
what you know what we did this time is there anything you would like more of is there anything you'd like less of that type of communication is important it also lets the other person that you with that you genuinely care not only about your own but about their satisfaction and pleasure as well yeah i think so too and that also boils into my next question which is based on masculine versus feminine energy most people don't Mm -hmm. see those things and it's something that i also recently got to know about and you know hearing that when somebody likes you know a woman that's feminine and not too masculine like you said it can go back into the family history maybe she had all brothers and she doesn't know how to show love maybe because she's tight or she's tough i don't know i'm not everyone is the same but when you think about the masculine and feminine energy how does someone draw the line and know what to pick on and what not to pick on that's that's probably not a question i can answer in terms of what they pick or or what they don't pick i i think it's i think it's important to understand one's own masculine and feminine energy not what the world says because there's a lot of conversation and this is different from femininity and masculinity those are those are like outward traits or or actions or activities but the actual energy of being feminine is very much an internal thing and the same thing for being masculine and whether people want to understand or acknowledge it or not the universe works largely on on polarity there is this it's like how a battery has a plus and a minus sign and when you put it in you need the opposite the plus and the minus sign you need the yin and the yang whoever has the masculine or the feminine there are women who have lots of masculine energy and there are men who have lots of feminine energy and that's perfectly fine it doesn't always show up masculine and men like that it doesn't always show up feminine and women like that though i do work with women who are seeking to to live in their in their feminine energy but it's once you understand what that is and and masculine energy is generally and this is not necessarily being a man it's the energy is is generally a stabilizing force it is it is static it is still whereas feminine energy is a lot more malleable it 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 waves it moves uh differently uh so it's just understanding the energetics of that which i know is a new conversation for a lot of people and then from understanding the energetics then you can start to understand behavior but first it's important to understand the energy underneath exactly yeah thank you so much for clarifying that because we always hear oh feminine energy femininity everybody is talking about the female you know power you know there's women empowerment and everyone's like oh the men are about to lose their position and it's like no we we really not we're actually collaborating if anything because we're giving off each other's you know vibes we need you you need us and we need to also be together to make things work you can't make a baby by yourself you know there are things that need to happen to stay connected yeah you know to build those things into fruition so i love that you mentioned that as well you know i wanted to ask this question too because we're on the topic of all this and i think this question can really create that mode for everybody what are the best ways to spice up the bedroom it doesn't have to be in the bedroom but what are the best ways to spice up your sex life uh, uh 
I'm always going to go back to communication. As boring as that sounds, <laughs> you can't spice anything up if you don't have any conversations with each other. So that's number one. Number two, and I just did a reel about it actually, uh, the, the places that you have sex in. If you're always in the bedroom, go to the kitchen. Go to the living room. If you have a backyard and it's covered, don't do anything that can get you arrested. Go out to the backyard. If you're at a, a function and you can sneak off to the bathroom for a quickie, you know, something that seems woo, a little dangerous, do that. It adds it adds a little bit more fun and spontaneity um, to your life. Try new things in the bedroom. Uh, maybe you want to try a blindfold. Maybe you want to try some light bondage, right? Maybe you want to try some spanking. They have little games. You can play card games where, you know, your partner picks something and you do that to your partner or like the dirty dice where you roll the dice and whatever shows up is what you do to your partner. Play games with it. It's supposed to be fun. It's just, it's really supposed to be a, sex is supposed to be a fun way to connect with someone on a spiritual, energetic, and physical level and mental level. So just find ways to incorporate more fun and play into it. Even some people rustle. They find that to be very arousing. They do a little rustling beforehand, you know, get pinned down and, you know, they have sex from there. So it, as, as far as the imagination can go, and within the, the bounds of legality, the sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said the legality part because yeah. yes. some people can go an extra mile and, you know, head up to some school next door. <laughs> yeah, no, no, legal, legal, please. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. You know, this has been amazing and I just love the conversation we've had. You know, when I think about couples trying to spice up their sex life, they don't talk about it. And you, you rightfully said that communication is key and some people don't know how to communicate. But if I think about it this way, some people don't know how to communicate, not even sexually, just socially. They can't express themselves. How do you help those kind of people that want to experience the same type of result? Well, then you have to look at, at what is what is the fear around communicating. You know, and often there's a fear of rejection, a fear of loss, a fear of not being loved, of mm. not being seen, of not being heard. And once those particular issues are, are, are start to become unraveled, then a person finds that it becomes a little bit easier to say what's actually on their mind as a, instead of, you know, trying to say the right thing or people pleasing or having fear and holding back. So communication is really... Um, how we communicate really says a lot about how we see ourselves and mm. how we see ourselves in our own power. Thank you for clarifying that. That's a big one. Mm. Yeah. You're welcome. Wow. I think there's a lot to take in, <laughs> to be honest. There's a lot. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> ah, pun taken. <laughs> if there's anything that you like to touch on, no pun again, how would you leave you know the listeners listening to take action on what they've just heard what are the things that they need to start doing today to help them get to that point that they're looking for tomorrow yeah so if you're already in a relationship and you've listened to this really take time to sit with your partner and kind of start having these discussions if you never had them before you know hey I love our sex life and I think that if we work together, we can create something really spectacular. What do you say? I mean, I don't know who's going to say no to that, right? 
And if you're solo, this is a really great time for you to learn your body and learn your own self and communicate with your own self and discover what it is that you really desire. What do you do you want a relationship? Do you are you monogamous? Are you non-monogamous? You know, what do you uh, do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? What are you what are you looking for? What are you seeking um, in terms of the person who's who's going to compliment you? Uh, so uh, those are the those are the places that I would you know obviously in come see, uh, but those are the places in which I would suggest people people start. Awesome! Wow! Thank you so much, Maisha, for just joining this amazing podcast show and shedding your light and just giving people some perspective that they can think about you know they've heard it over and over again but when you hear it from many people you're like okay i need to listen i need to actually do it so this is really really helpful and if there are any options or possibilities that they have available to connect with you you know what do they have if they want to learn from you if they want to connect with you what options do they have available yeah, so you can book a call with me on my website. It's a 15-minute complimentary call, and we can go from there. It's very simple, just sensualenergyalchemy.com. Book a call with me, schedule a call with me. Definitely. Thank you so much, Maisha. And if you guys are looking for this link, it's in the description, in the notes. So make sure you tap on it and make sure that you schedule so that you can get those 15 minutes that can save you 15 hours of stress. <laughs> Thank you again, Maisha. Till we meet again. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. Thanks.